Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata. I'm joined by Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts. We are back with you for another week of Miami Dolphins football. We're going to talk about two big topics today, and that is two big players on the Dolphins team, two star players, two guys who... Not really the heart of the defense. Well, one of them was in Xavier Howard, but the other one, just the heart of the Dolphins over the past decade or so plus, and that is Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake, a free agent going into this offseason. Will the Dolphins bring him back? Should the Dolphins bring him back? And, of course, Xavier Howard going into the final year of his rookie contract. Should the Dolphins make an attempt to re-sign him before the end of the season and his price tag increases even more? Should they trade him or should they just let him play out the contract and let him walk and get the compensation that they want with the compensatory pick, or should they franchise him at the end of the day? We will talk about both of those players. But first, following up from last week, we talked about the coaching staff. We talked about all the different things that they bring to the table, and we we got some more information earlier this week in that they want to use different multiple personalities. They want to use different looks on both offense and defense. They're really going for smarter players. Roto World reports coming out Early Wednesday morning, the Dolphins plan to move on from Devontae Parker. No surprise there. And then they're iffy on the return of Danny Amendola. We've also saw that two former Dolphins tight ends in Deion Sims and Charles Clay, their respective teams, the uh, Chicago Bears and Buffalo Bills, are moving on from them, which is interesting because both chased a big payday. Deion Sims, Adam Gates loved him. Adam Gates had huge plans for him, was going to move him into the number one tight end spot was going to make him a big focal point of the offense, but you cannot blame Sims. You cannot blame anyone for chasing that payday and getting as much guaranteed money as they can. What will be interesting is where Deion Sims lands next. It's not like he's a complete wash right now. He might end up with the Jets uh, with Adam Gase or maybe possibly back in Miami. We will have to see. Before we get on to uh, Xavier Howard and, and Cameron Wake, you know, you guys know that Sutton, I, and Howard started a website, profootballnetwork.com. We got some great news uh, earlier today that we are credentialed for the NFL scouting combine. We were credentialed for some Super Bowl events leading up to the big game. We weren't actually credentialed for the Super Bowl. We launched too late to apply. We probably would have gotten denied anyways, but we were able to access two of the events leading up. And now we've credentialed for the scouting combine, which is a huge, huge deal. So be sure to follow Sutton. He will be there live bringing you all the latest He's going to be doing uh, reports both for ProFootballNetwork.com and for the Finsider and SB Nation. So he'll be doing double duty there. So please stay tuned for that starting next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
I got an email earlier on a Wednesday and from the NFL saying that our credentials have been approved and that uh, we had to respond within about 12 hours by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to accept the credentials and confirm that we are going. Part of the credential process is that you have to upload a picture of yourself. Uh, it's basically you're supposed to upload like a passport picture, you know, uh, white background, gray background, solid background. They have some specifications that you need to do. And really, it, it should be you because it's going to go on your badge and it's going to be used to identify you when you check in to get your credentials. Sutton submitted his. I sent him the link to fill out his form. And he messaged me and said, Matt, I'm all set. I couldn't find any great pictures of me without my kids. So I hope what I put there was good. And I kind of looked at that text message. And I'm like, okay, uh, he probably just cropped it out. So, you know, it's just a photo with him and his kids, a regular photo, but he cropped it out. So only he's showing. And <laughs> I can't finish this sentence right now because yeah, let, let me just think, let me just take it from there. Let me, let me tell the story. It's not real life. Oh my <laughs> God. I can't even finish. I was trying really not to laugh, but I, I, I couldn't finish this sentence. Okay. Let me tell it from my perspective. So I get a text message from Matthew while I'm at work and it just says something to the effect of, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We got the credentials for the combine. You need to create this profile. Do it ASAP. I was like, sweet. So in my mind, I have like 22 minutes to set up this profile and get all these questions correct before our credentials run out. Okay, so this running time clock is already in my mind. So putting in my first name, yes, Aaron, yes, got that right. Sutton, got that right. Birthday, nailed it. Email, nailed it. Hit submit see that green check mark up i'm like yes did this booyah get to the next page it's like psych add a photo i was like crap my work computer is fairly analogous to the computer that you used to play oregon trail back in 1988 and all i had on there was some facebook pictures that i had had from a couple of years ago and so i'm looking through there and I don't really see that many pictures without me having a dolphin's hat on. And I'm not lying to you. Every picture I have, I have either some type of winter hat on or, or a dolphin's hat on. So I finally find one picture where kind of see my face prominent. Just happens to have my wife next to me and my firstborn child screaming bloody murder in my lap. So I, I'm sending it to them thinking, okay. I'm said, I said my name's Aaron Sutton, so when they look at this picture, they're clearly going to be able to tell that it's the dude that's smiling and not the snarky wife with her thumbs up or the crying child in my lap. Of course, they would assume it's Aaron Sutton, and you would agree that in that picture that I was the most normal-looking one of the three of us. Yeah. I think what's best is that we got three credentials, and in – all three of you guys. <laughs> like, you know, like, is this family really coming to the yeah. combine? <laughs> yeah, I th Houts, I think your comment was, are you trying to get the whole Sutton family credentialed for this thing or what? That would have been perfect. Well, I mean, I, I think the best part about it is, you know, and every time I just think of that picture, I'm like, oh, my God. But you texted me, you said, Matt, I couldn't find any photos without me and my kids. And then I think that you cropped it out. And then you're like, hopefully the NFL will be okay with this. And I'm thinking, okay. 
it can't be terrible. And then I go into your credential application <laughs> just to confirm that everything is there. And took, I started dying in my <laughs> office at work when I saw your photo, like literally just dying of laughter because it was so bad. I immediately deleted. I texted you. I said, son, we cannot put that picture up on the credential. They will revoke our credentials right away. They'll think we're some kind of knockoff version of Barcelona sports. Some well, satire you, blog. Well, and then you're like, well, why didn't you just take a selfie? I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if you're listening to this, I, I think if you tweet us and ask us for the picture, Sutton might be okay with posting it up on Twitter. I'll post it. Because that's, it shirt is, we, that's the shirt we should have made for him for the combine, that picture on the front. Like, literally, <laughs> I think they would revoke our credentials if they had seen that. <laughs> you submitting your family photo for your, for your credential with your kids screaming bloody murder, your wife giving a thumbs up or whatever. Your face is half your jaw is wide open. Okay, here here here's what we should do for the shirt that I wear to the combine. It should be like a yin yang symbol, <laughs> and the yin part is Pro Football Network and the Finsider, <laughs> and the yang part is that picture of my kid just crying oh, and being mad at me. You're a mess. You are an absolute mess. <laughs> All right. So if you're listening, tweet to us. Tweet us. Let us know you want to see the picture. Sutton will post the picture. Okay. And most of the time, 98% of the time, I'm, I'm an adult. But 2% of the time, I have the decision-making ability of a 10-year-old. And that's what you saw today. Yeah. Basically, pretty much. All right. Moving on. Dolphins talk. Let's talk Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake is 37 years old. He joined the Dolphins in 2009 after coming from the Canadian Football League, was courted by several teams, including the New York Giants. Bill Parcells swayed him to come to the Dolphins. It's sad because Cameron Wake is such a great player. I think he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. I know people may not agree with that, but he is, and he's not going to get the recognition he deserves because he was on the Dolphins. Um, but I do hope the voters at that time realize just how much of an impact he made in his career. He'll be going on his 10th season if he gets picked up by another team. Cameron Wake has, you know, he he wasn't getting the sacks, right, that people had expected him to get this season that he's gotten in the past. He had six sacks this season. If you look at past seasons, 2017, he had uh, 11 sacks. You go back to 2016, he had 13 sacks. 2015, he had uh, seven sacks. That was the year he uh, tore his Achilles and was out for the rest of the season. 2014, 12 sacks. 2013, you look at that and you have 10 sacks. So double-digit sacks this year, six sacks. But really what you really want to look at is the amount of pressure that someone gets on a quarterback. You're not always going to get that defensive sack that you covet so much. You really want to get the pressure. Throughout his career, his uh, nine-year career so far, he has a total of 604 pressures, 108 sacks, 142 hits, 354 hurries. So when you look at all that, so when you combine the hits and the hurries, you're looking at 496. When you add in the 108 sacks, you're looking at a total of 604. This past season, he had 10 hits and 38 hurries. According to Pro Football Focus, 
His pass rushing grade was an 81.1, and that is towards a very good average. His run defense, we all know he struggles there, but it was 70. It wasn't terrible. So when people say that Cameron Wake was slipping off a cliff this year, I don't think he was. Because when you look at that 38 hurries, 10, 10 hits, you look at that compared to previous years, 2017, 36 hurries, 15 hits. 2016, 43 hurries, 11 hits. 2015, the year he was injured, 10 hurries, 2 hits. 2014, 39 hurries, 14 hits. 2013, 41 hurries, 20 hits. They're all around the same number. So he didn't fall off a cliff. He wasn't getting the sacks, but he was still getting pretty much the same amount of hurries and hits that he got every single year. So what does that mean going into next year? I don't know. The guy is a physical specimen. He's an absolute freak. He takes amazing care of his body. I think it's he hasn't eaten ice cream or pizza and or pizza since he's coming to the NFL is what I read. You see him in a locker room. I was in there twice this year. It's just amazing, you know, just the way he takes care of everything and so uh, meticulous with everything. So the question is, Houghton Sutton, you look at his past stats, you look at his past grades, you look at whatever he's done in the past, and you compare it to this past season. For me, when you really dig down deep inside, there was not a huge difference. But with that said, with the new philosophy the Dolphins want this year, young players, guys who are going to be here for several years, guys who can buy into the culture, does Cameron Wake make sense for the Dolphins in 2019? House, we'll start with you. Yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, we got to thank Jeff Ireland because that might have been one of his best pickups that he's ever had. We know the story about him in the CFL, what he's done with the Dolphins. You named off the stats. I mean, it's been very impressive. He's been one of our best pass rushers that I can remember in history. So uh, I do think he will eventually be one of those uh, Hall of Famers. Like you mentioned, Kanata, I think he was one of the better Dolphins pass rushers of our time. And uh, I'm going to hate to see him go, but we're sitting here talking about this youth movement. You know, does he fit the New England style defense? That's yet to be decided. A lot of people think he might not, but you're right. Statistically, maybe a sacks dropped off a little bit. The Dolphins defense as a whole struggled to pressure the quarterback last season. And he was pretty good against the run compared to most seasons. So, I mean, he's playing at the same level that he's continued to play at. His sack number just dropped a bit. So should the Dolphins re-sign him? Uh, I mean, it all comes down to money. You hate to see a guy like Cameron Wake. I mean, remember when Jason Taylor got traded to the Redskins, how that felt as a Dolphins fan. I mean, to an extent, this is the exact same situation. Uh, maybe he's not going to get traded, but it just it's going to suck to see Cameron Wake leave. But if the Dolphins truly are rebuilding, and I do think none of us can sit here and say with a straight face that this team is going to be a contender next year, uh, you kind of need to let a guy that's 37 go out there and you know maybe have a chance at a playoff victory maybe have a chance of playing for Lombardi's trophy because at the end of the day, some some people think that's what makes a player. Cameron Wake is a one-of-a-kind athlete. You know you know how tip-top shape he's in, what kind of grinder he is, first guy in, last man out. I mean, he's everything you want to see from a pro. So uh, you just hate to see a man like that leave, especially when you're bringing in these young guys. You want to have them learn the right way, you know, the same way Frank Gore did last year with the running back room. But I, I think Cameron Wake is better off elsewhere. And as painful it is to say, I think that's what the Dolphins are going to end up doing. I did an article earlier in the offseason about what I thought Cameron Wake's potential value was and his representation. Ended up quote tweeting that. And 
citing it as a good article. <laughs> and the only reason I'm mentioning that is I know it wasn't a good article. I wrote it. So it couldn't be that good. But what it did say was that Cameron Wake still could command some dollars and free agency should he go that route. And I do think based on his tape last year, I do think that he can still command some good dollars in the NFL and good for him. And that's the whole reason that he's been keeping in this top physique for this long. And so it, it, it's up to him if he wants to end up pursuing more money that he's earned, in my opinion, or staying here with Miami and finishing his his career here. The real question is, and we don't have that much evidence of, of how he does in this situation, but Cameron Wake's almost undoubtedly going to be asked – to to be a different role in this defense and Mike Nolan I know when he came in 2010 2011 Cam Wake still put up good numbers like you said Matthew earlier in his career even that's when Mike Nolan came in and you saw some three four principles put in there he still was pretty productive the question is that was nine years ago so I'm going to throw this back at you guys, assuming that we're going to see this hybrid defense that we've been talking about, and you're going to be seeing more three defensive line assignments. So you're going to be seeing more uh, four linebacker and even more nickel situations, but likely you, you might be seeing Cam Wake with two feet in, instead of in a three-point stance. Do you think that Cam Wake – can play in this way in this part of, of his career. When you look yeah. at what Cam Wake has done, right? Setting the edge. And, and then the thing is this, Cameron Wake has become a situational player over the past several years. When you look at his snaps, um, you know, this past season, he had a total of 690 snaps. And that was in 2013. So go back to 2014, just for reference, 767 snaps, 2015, 254 snaps. Again, the year he was hurt, 2016, 634, 2017, 617, this year, 521. So his lowest uh, since 2000, uh, from probably when he first entered the NFL and actually going down the list now, yes, it is the lowest from when he first entered the NFL, 2009. He didn't play much. He had 163 snaps. So they're reducing the wear and tear on his body. Cam Wake is really just a pass rusher role. And we know that Brian Flores and Patrick Graham are going to use multiple defenses. So it's not like they're going to be running a straight 3-4. It's not like they're going to be running a straight 4-3. They just want guys who know how to play both and who could adjust to both throughout the game. So for me to say that Cam Wake doesn't fit in this defense, I think he absolutely does. And I would lean towards re-signing him for one year because you look at the coaching model that the Dolphins have put together. Brian Flores, a young guy, has surrounded himself with veterans, right? Jim Caldwell, for example, tried to get uh, Dom Capers, but he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brian Flores is trying to rely on experience around him, and I think that's how they want to set up their uh, rooms too, position rooms. And we, we can't just look at this in a vacuum either. We have to understand that Charles Harris – Another bust, very, very integral part of this process 
I think, in my opinion, the move to a Brian Flores type defense is to a, his detriment. I think what we had last year was something where if we saw Charles Harris flourish, it was going to be last year in that type of system. I just don't see how he's going to fit going forward. So with that being said, do you kind of almost consider Charles Harris and Cam Wake as almost combining to man one side and we just desperately need the other side to that edge? Here's my biggest thing, and I just want to say that Cam Wake at this point in his career, I mean, we keep saying what we would do. I mean, isn't it really up to him? If he wants to be a Miami Dolphin, this organization should find a way to pay that man because, I mean, you said it best. They're bringing these veterans to surround Brian Flores, a young head coach. Why not keep a veteran like Cameron Wake around to build these defensive ends, this this new defense? Because, I mean, we spent all those years doing this Y9 thing, and we're kind of just blowing it up and going to what we hope is a better defense with the multiple fronts and more of a New England style, you know, the – the 4-3, three, the 3-4, three, you know, the nickels, the dimes. I mean, we're moving into that type of defense. Uh, I'm not sure where Charles Harris fits in that. I've been as big of a uh, – I guess I've been one of the biggest uh, – his biggest, biggest critics. And, I mean, to see a guy, Charles Harris, struggle the way he has, uh, there were better defensive ends or edge rushers there in the draft when they took him, and it's a shame to see. But I don't half wonder if he doesn't have a better year now when in this defense. You know, I think he can play with his hand – uh, I think he can play standing up on the outside. I think he can play inside. I think he can be a chess piece. I just don't think that it ever really translates to the NFL game yet. You go back and look at his college film, it's it's pretty good. But uh, you got to think this is Charles Harris last year. And uh, it's it's going to be a shame to see another first-round draft pick go to waste because that's that's all that really is. The Dolphins made the pick. It was a bad pick. But hopefully you're right, Charles Harris can get moving in this defense um, back to your point, Sutton could Charles Harris and cam wake man one side of the line. I don't think so because you needed someone to compliment cam wake and cam wake is not great setting the edge and defending the run. When you look at Charles Harris and his grades from pro football focus, his run defense last year uh, was a abysmal 56.3. Uh, I don't think that's who you want to be in the early downs, I think they have to figure out what they're going to do there. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. His pass rush grade was 63.6. He's just not a great player right now. Uh, hopefully something clicks for him. So back to our original question, boys. What would you do if you were the general manager for Cam Wake? For me, I would re-sign him to a one-year contract. Houts, what would you do? I'm sitting him down and I'm asking what his future is, what he wants to do, because he's earned it at this point. I honestly am going to split the difference and agree with both of you. I think you go in, you talk to him, say, hey, what do you want to do? I would like to sign you for a one-year X amount of dollars type of contract. If he wants to go to you know either a championship contender or at least a, another team and make some more money, you give him that option and, and wish him the best because he's given us his best. All right. We will see what the Dolphins do. There has been no talk, no chatter of anything right now. The NFL Combine is next week. That's the unofficial start to free agency. So we will see how that all plays out in the coming weeks. Of course, the new year opens on March 13th. So we'll get more clarity as we get closer and closer to that date. 
Let's flip them out to Xavier Howard, the other hot topic this offseason. Should the Dolphins trade him? Should the Dolphins let him walk after the season? Should the Dolphins let him play out the season and franchise him? Or should the Dolphins work on a long-term contract? The 2016 second-round pick by the Dolphins, they traded up to get him. And he struggled his first few years in the league, actually his first year in the league, then turned it around about halfway through 2017 and has been an elite cornerback ever since. The knock on him is injuries. He's experienced some injuries in all three of his seasons, and that is going to be something that I'm sure will come up in negotiations once the Dolphins start working on that deal with him. Xavier Howard, when you look at his stats this past year, the guy is an interception machine. This year, seven interceptions on the year. When you look at 2017, he had four interceptions, and 2016 where he struggled, one interception. I'm not even really going to talk about 2016 too much because we know the first year for all cornerbacks, unless you're an absolute stud, is an adjustment year. And many cornerbacks don't really click until year three or so. For Xavier, it was the middle of year two. His tackling is suspect. When you look at his grade by pro football focus, it comes in at 55. And actually, the first three weeks this season against the Titans, Jets, and Raiders, respectively, his tackle grade was 30.2, 26, and 27.1. It then got much better throughout the rest of the season with two dips against the Jets and the Bills later on. You really can't count week 17. I'm sorry, week 13, because at that time he was playing hurt. His coverage grade, up and down throughout the season, but for the most part, pretty well. His overall coverage grade was 75.3. Run defense, very good, 83.6. And overall defense, 77.3. The problem, again, with Howard is his injuries. And so he said he wants to be the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Do you pay a guy like Howard? that kind of money with those question marks about his durability. Sign, what do you think? From my perspective, that's the one and only deal breaker for me. I've seen some rationale on Twitter where it's like, well, hey, let's trade Zavian for a first rounder so we can then turn around and invest it in a new cornerback and something or other. And it's like, let's not spin our wheels here. Okay. We already have somebody with a proven commodity in the NFL and that's getting interceptions. I mean, this is now a turnover driven league when it comes to defense. Okay. So this is not necessarily all we're going to hold our opponent under 200 yards and knock their front teeth out and stuff. Now it's really, we need to just force a couple of turnovers and and flip the the field a couple of times and that's going to be the difference in winning the game and that's what he offers in spades the question is are his knees going to hold up so i think this becomes a medical decision an entirely a medical decision and unless we have dr chow on again i don't i don't know that we're going to know that answer but all i can say is that if the dolphins do not decide to invest in him long term that it really is rooted in a medical reason because he did have the two procedures in his rookie season and again this past season and I was hoping they would just shut him down after it happened they didn't right away so 
kind of enabled speculation about what was going to happen to the rest of the season for him. But he needs to kind of check all the boxes, so to speak, uh, during the off season to make sure that everything looks good with those knees and they really have to project it forward. So they have to look at all these different variables to make sure it's going to hold up. So yes, if I'm going to invest eight figures in a dude per year, I'm absolutely going to check those knees out. And if they don't look good to me, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that really is the biggest thing is, is injury concerns. He had, Injuries throughout his career at Baylor, you know, came to the NFL, same thing. But he is a shutdown cornerback, and I don't think we can argue that. When he's healthy, he's one of the better backs, better defensive backs in the NFL. He fits the skill set in a Brian Flores defense. You know, in New England, they use that press coverage. They like those physical corners at the line, and Xavier Howard is that to a T. Led the NFL in interceptions last year with seven. You know, we talk about that all the time. Made his first Pro Bowl. I think what it's going to come down to, aside from his injuries, is what another team might offer him because we got to remember his agent, Bilbo Baggins, or whatever his name is. He is the same agent that Jarvis Landry had. And Landry, you know what he did with the Dolphins. He seeked that huge contract. Yes, Cleveland gave it to him. Will a team give Xavier Howard a huge contract? I would put money on that for sure. I do think that one team, if it's the Dolphins or another, will pay him what he's asking. But uh, the way the NFL game's changing, the way the defensive backs, you know, when was the last time we had a shutdown corner? Brent Grimes for a year, he was pretty good. Uh, I mean, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan. I mean, I cannot remember Avante Davis, Sean Smith. I keep naming off these players, but when have we had a guy like Xavier Howard? It's been a long time. Uh, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. Ball Hawk, I mean, again, we talk about how his skill set will fit in that defense. He's a physical, physical corner, and I think that's what this defense needs uh, but again the injuries are a definitely a concern and it comes down to whether or not the Dolphins can give that huge quarterback like contract and I think they're going to make make a way to have it happen but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because a team will definitely be interested in Xavier Howard if he becomes available the way I look at it is this if Xavier Howard were to be on the market you would have teams lining up to get him and I think you look at Flores, a guy who coached the secondary in New England. You look at guys like uh, Josh Boyer coming over from New England, having a hand in that defense, liking the cornerback situation. You look at the Patriots' philosophy of having their number one corner lock down the opposing team's best receiver or best tight end or best running back, whatever their best option may be locking them down, having them shadow that guy, and then doing the rest. It's just hard for me to see the Dolphins moving on from Xavier Howard. What I do think may end up happening is that they let this season play out to see how he does um, in terms of holding up durability. If he gets injured again and misses several weeks, then you have concerns because that's another year where he missed several games. If he can last a full season, yes, his price is going to get a little bit higher, but then I think you could franchise him and make maybe work out a long-term deal that way. It's just not an easy situation for the Dolphins to be in. If Xavier Howard played all 16 games this season and last season, I think it'd be a no-brainer. You extend him before this season starts. The fact of the matter is, though, that hasn't been the case. 
Well, like you said last show, Matthew, Chris Greer was one of those key components in moving up to get Xavier Howard in the first place. And I think it's very clear that Chris Greer and his draft team has a very clear fetish for what they want a cornerback. And I think Xavier fits that to a T. So why move on from that? I don't think that changes just because Brian Flores comes in. Right. If anything, it just validates how important cornerback number one is for that scheme because the, the Patriots did a very unpatriot thing like even bringing Stefan Gilmore in and paying him that money. So why give up a young, cheap guy right now we may just extend them and just say, you know what, screw all the speculation. Let's just get it done now. Yeah, and at some point you got to start paying your own, right? I mean, Larry Tunsil is going to be looking for a new contract soon. We saw in the past the way they let like Lamar Miller, Olivier Vernon, they made let these guys walk. And it's coming around that, you know, it was the right decision, but you don't want to continue to let young talent go. We know how important a shutdown cornerback is. You mentioned Stephon Gilmore. I mean, that is the perfect example of what Xavier Howard can do in that defense. Uh, it's tough in an NF, in a league that continues to become more wide open. You know, you see the Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs offense, the Rams offense. You see these high-powered offenses. No time more than now is a defensive back as important as, you know, another, any other position on the defense. So I think you need to have a guy like Xavier Howard. I think the Dolphins would be wise to pay him. But it's going to come down to money, and it's going to come down to what another team might want. If it's up to me, I'm, I'm resigning Xavier Howard because at some point you need to – you need to show these young players that there is a reward at the end of the tunnel. If I'm the Dolphins, if I'm Chris Greer, I would like to extend Xavier. And and I just want to make a quick correction here. He played in all 16 games last season in 2017. I said, I believe I said earlier that he hadn't. He did play in all 17 games in 2017, but he had lingering issues throughout the season, which is the thing that that's concerning and only played in 12 games this year. So that's the concern that Dolphins face. If I'm the Dolphins, it, it's not an easy decision, and I wish it was, but I think I'd let him play out this season, see how he holds up, franchise him, and uh, I know I might pay the price in the end, but it's better than giving him a monster contract now and him not lasting this season and those injury concerns coming up. Yeah, and... I, I presented that case probably six months ago, and what I ended up getting back was, well, Xavier's going to end up being really upset that we didn't extend him now. So then he's just going to be so mad that he's going to end up signing with a different team. I don't know that I really buy that argument because I do think even young players understand the business side of things. So I think that if he comes through and balls out again for us and we back down the Brinks security truck for him, I think that's going to be all water under the bridge. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I think – I, again, I think the Dolphins are in a tough spot. I don't think there's any easy solution to this problem, but he's a cornerstone of the defense. And I think you do what it takes to keep him. But I also think you need to be very careful of the knee concerns that he's had in college and now in the NFL. 
one thing I can confidently say is if there is any hesitation on the organization's part, that it is 100% medical reason. I think, I think for sure that's the only reason why they would be hesitant. And I do think it is interesting to note that this deal doesn't have to be done by the beginning of the year. You know, he still has that year left on his contract. The Dolphins have a very, very important decision to make. But, I mean, he wants to get paid top-notch cornerback money this season. So, what, next year he's going to be a couple million dollars more? I mean, if they want a player like him and they think that the injury is a concern, let the year play out, see what he does in this year under Brian Flores in a new defensive system see what he is going to be, you know, you're getting a little bit of a, a glimpse of what he can become in that defense and more so than what you're going to project him to be. So it gives you a year to see the way he fits in that defense. Schematically, he seems like the perfect fit, but again, the injury concerns are definitely there. I, I'm with you, Kanat. I think, and Sutton, you let the year play out, you see what you do, but it, as long as the injuries check out, there's no reason why Xavier Howard should ever play football for another team in the immediate future. And if you're a new head coach like Brian Flores, what a better scenario than to get some buy-in from your players than to have a young, hungry guy who's wanting those money bags dumped in front of him to make him play a few games and earn it, and when he does, to pay him. I think that's a great message for a young coach to send, so maybe that's in their cards uh, obviously, we'll, we'll see how all this unfolds, but I think there's something to a young coach letting his guys kind of earn their respect a little bit before those contract extensions happen because we don't need to go around giving TJ McDonald extensions when no one's played it down for us. We will see what the Dolphins do. I don't think we see any movement this offseason with Xavier Howard. I do think they will let this kind of linger into the season and see how it adjusts from there. But then we could see them trade him, but I just don't think that's going to happen. NFL Combine is next week, Wednesday through Sunday. Again, Sutton will be there representing both the Finsider.com and ProFootballNetwork.com. We'll have an episode leading up to the Combine, and then, of course, the recap. And Sutton will give us all the scoop behind the scenes, what he saw, what he heard and all the exclusive interviews he was able to snag. Any last thoughts, Sutton and House, before we wrap it up? Yeah, thank you, Matthew, for making the whole Combine thing possible. And honestly, guys, this is my first time going. This is going to be a fresh experience. So if you want me to ask anything or anything like that, just reach out to me on Twitter, find me on the Finsider, and um, I'm going to try to make this a really – cool learning experience for myself yeah i think it's huge and i'm excited for you sutton please let kyler murray future miami dolphins quarterback know that i'm thinking about him that we all want him to be the dolphins quarterback of the future but honestly dude just go out there have fun and you you know enjoy because that's something that you know how many years ago did you ever think you know i'm going to be at the nfl combine credentialed to go and interview this player or to see this player throw. I mean, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, hopefully many more to come, but just enjoy it, man. And soak it all in. How outside I told my brother-in-law that I was going to be going to the combine. And he said that I need to make sure that I take a picture of Kyler Murray when he's getting measured, um, like his height and weight measurements. Cause it'll be the same thing as Tom Brady getting his picture taken with his yes. shirt off at the combine, <laughs> looking like a scrawny turd. 
And then it will turn into the legendary photo that we all know. Yeah, today. exactly. And then when he leads, when he leads, cut- <laughs> when he yeah. leads the Dolphins to the Super Bowl. Exactly. All right, guys. That is going to do it for us this week here on Finsider Radio. For Josh House and Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.